Hey friends, welcome to episode 21 of the Making Room on the Pew podcast, a podcast for the church misfits and outcasts. Guys, today we are talking with Angelia White, and I am really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. Angelia is the creator of Hope for Women magazine, a quarterly publication with a reach of 200,000. She's a Ball State University Black Alumni Award of Achievement recipient. Um, She is the mother of three and the publisher, president, and CEO of Hope for Women, headquartered in Muncie, Indiana. She rose from a background of discouragement, and she spends her life encouraging other women to step into their full potential to share their own inspiring stories. And let me tell you guys, she is inspiring. you are going to walk away from this conversation being uh, inspired and challenged and encouraged. Um, Everything she's talking about in her new book, you'll hear us uh, talk about in the episode. We kept saying, hey, pre-order here. It'll be out in February. But guys, it's already out, so you don't have to wait. I know you're going to want to get it right after this conversation. It is called... Um, yes, sisters, surrounding yourself with women who affirm, encourage, and challenge you. Guys, what more do we need in this time, in this culture? We need women who affirm, encourage, and challenge other women um, and people, certainly. But women in particular, I think that this is a really powerful um topic we need to be talking about. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Angelia White. Welcome to the Making Room on the Pew podcast. I'm really, really excited to have you on. I actually um, found you through your publicist. I was talking to her and she sent me um, your what is it called? Press kit and said, I think that Angelia would be a really great fit for the podcast too. And I love, uh, yes, sisters. I love your message. I'm so excited that you were able to come on. Thank you. I'm so glad that you invited me. My first for the whole book campaign. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I had a chance to review a little bit about you and your ministry. And I think I said, Bailey is one fabulous person. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, All right. Well, before um, we started recording, I gave the listeners a little taste of who you are and what you do, but I also want to give you the time and the space to go ahead and tell everybody what you would like them to know about you and your work. Okay. Are we supposed to go audio or video? Just audio. Okay, good. Okay, I just like okay, my hair. I got a cap on my hair. I was like, okay, if you want me to look, I can be on there too. So, <laughs> <laughs> nope, you're good. Okay. So, um, just let me know. Are you ready? Yep, you go right ahead. Okay. Um, my name is um, Angelia White. Um, my family, or most people, call me Angie. That you know, know me and my good girlfriends or whoever, but. Um, most people know me as Angelia or Angelia. My family, they kind of have a split on who or how to pronounce my name. So that's always a debate. <laughs> I am a mother of, um, I have uh, three children, but I'm a bonus mom. So altogether, I have four, four children. 
um, I have a 16, 24, and 26 year old and 32 year old. I am a single mom at this point. I um, am a, a magazine publisher. I published a magazine called Hope for Women in 2000, 2005. This is our fifth, we'll be celebrating 15 years this year. Um, it was a magazine to empower women and to share their stories um, that we have similar journeys and similar situations. And so the magazine has been a platform for audience, um, just everyday women, celebrities, whoever, to be able to share their um, amazing stories. We talk about food, travel, lifestyle. Uh, we review books, um, just a little bit of everything um, we uh, do with the magazine. It is currently digitally, um, a digital publication and we are looking and working and hoping to be able to provide more print editions this year. Um, but it seems like the digital works. <laughs> um, I'm excited about uh, my first book. Um, and it just, it was definitely a God thing when I, um, just the whole idea, you know, I've always, or my mom will always tell me, oh, you got a good story. You got an amazing story, you know. I'm just like, mm, you think so? Because most people don't know that the magazine was a platform for me to really hide. So I was using all the writers and everybody else to really tell my story. So with doing the Yes Sisters, it gave me, gave me the opportunity to finally come from behind the veil or behind the brick wall or whatever and start to be able to share the things that... Um, I felt that was shameful, but really um, it was just my story and I had to learn who, how to embrace, you know, the different challenges that I went through and in, in sharing my story, it, it has made me who I am today. Even the, um, that's why uh, the book is called Yes Sisters because these amazing women spoke yes into my life and um, encouraged me to believe in myself. Wow. I love that. Um, isn't that funny how sometimes the things that we're doing, we don't even realize that we're hiding behind, like we're doing these amazing things and then suddenly realize that we're doing them so that we don't have to always tell the truth about ourselves. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So you started the magazine, you said 2005, correct? Right. Awesome. So what, what got you into this? I mean, like what came, how did this work of the magazine and um, Hope for Women, how did that come about? Bailey, I was sitting in church and you know how you just, I had one of those God moments in church. It's just like the, the God, the whole earth opened up. <laughs> and it was just, it was one of those defining moments for me because I had been going to a particular, I was in part of a particular ministry, and I just, I sit back in church one day, and I thought, I was like, what am I really doing? I'm like, really, how am I fulfilling the call, or what am I, what is my purpose? It was during that time when, you know, everybody, Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren's book was out, and so, you know, in the, you know, in my upbringing in church, and my experience, we were kind of taught against um, self-help books and everything. The only thing that we was the Bible. That was all you needed. And so I went on this um, journey, as I often relate to it, and to find, so 
myself is what, what, what can I do to empower women? I know ministry isn't just about ministering from the pulpit, but what can I do to empower inspired women? And even though I was probably at the lowest state of confidence that you can imagine, God, you know, in, inspired me to do a newsletter. It's only supposed to go to 50 or 100 women. That's it. Before I knew it, I'm learning all about publishing, um, impositions, and finding writers, and building newsletter lists and everything, just from just an ideal and a dream. But, um, and then it, I had a conversation with the gentleman that had had a magazine, and he, you know, was a journalism professor or instructor, and he kind of encouraged me, and I, you know, far as with the name because I was still trying to I was still trying to figure out the name for the magazine and as I began he told me to dig deep into my life into into my soul and so as I began to dig deep I began to think about this 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 woman at this time that had been abused um, sexually abused from the time she was four until she was eight by several family members um, and how uh, my family, my parents rallied around to help me to, you know, move beyond that. Of course, we, they didn't talk about it because that was during the time in the 70s. People didn't talk about what happened and just mm -hmm. got over it. And so I had all that embedded in me that I hadn't dealt with. And so it was in that moment talking to my uh, advisor at that time that um, women needed hope. I needed hope. And that's where Hope for Women came from. Wow, I love that. Um, what would you say to someone who is listening and also feels like they aren't either fulfilling their own purpose in their lives or they have just an idea and a dream? Um, what would you say to them or what would you have liked someone to say to you in your early days of thinking through what Hope for Women was going to become? Um, I would definitely would tell, and I wish someone had spoke that to me or told, and I would tell women today as I always do. First, I always tell them that they're amazing and that women are incredible and that inside of each and every one of you or us, there is a gift. And you don't compare that with the next person what God has for you is for you. And a lot of times he's just waiting on us. And, and to, for us, in my case, I had to believe it and see myself in that position, so. Yeah, um, I love that this is your message because I feel like so often um, people, but I especially women for some reason, I feel like we are all, like vying for a seat at the table. Like somehow we think there is only a certain number of seats at the table and you better get there first or you get nothing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think Bailey once, and one of the things that I had to realize, and it took some time, is that I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of tools and resources and the know-how to do the magazine and to, to, to build who I was. And so you 
what I had to start doing is creating my own experiences, creating my own opportunity. And, you know, sometimes I create this amazing seat at the table for myself. And, you know, sometimes it was lonely, but sometimes, and, you know, even to your listeners, um, sometimes it might be lonely, but just enjoy and embrace that, op- that moment that you create something so fabulous. And then once you create that, um, you'll be just amazed at what it does to empower other women. It just, it just inspires them. And that's what I did. I just took little and God created a lot. So your first book is coming out in February and it's called Yes Sisters Surrounding Yourself with Women Who Affirm, Encourage, and Challenge You. Um, I love the title. The cover is gorgeous. Did you get to choose your cover? I did. It was so much fun. I got a chance to work with the um, the designers and everybody and um, we they came up with a yeah, it was good to work through that process. I had to tell them what I liked and didn't like, but they did a phenomenal job on the cover. It's just beautiful. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. Um, all right. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about the book, um, maybe about the title. What is a Yes Sister? Wow. She is so much. Um, a Yes Sister is that, that sister or that girlfriend that you can just depend on. And she doesn't judge you. She loves you for who you are, flaws and all, Um, but she just believes in you. And when you don't believe in yourself or you don't know how to pour into yourself, this is the sister that will do just that. When you feel broken and empty, this is what this individual will do. They They will pour into you. Yeah, I think that's so important, even just like your mindset of how you're thinking about things um, can kind of change everything. I agree. I agree. And the, when I was in a space, I felt like I was in a, in a box. I just didn't know how to go forward, backwards, side to side. And these women or sisters were come into your life and just kind of reshape your thought process and and your way of thinking and thinking that you can't be amazing you can't you can't achieve things or oh you might not never do that they're the ones that come and say girl yes you can you can do all things (laughs) (laughs) was there a specific um event or a specific time in your life where you learned this and just thought I have to surround myself with these types of women oh I learned that early on and doing that's you know that was part of my healing and I call it being it was my therapeutic moment is time is even doing the um, the magazine is because I live kind of in a small I do I live in a smaller town and the people that was in my community at that time, far as, you know, church community, I mean, um, a lot of people hadn't published a book. A lot of people were um, entrepreneurs. And so I learned early on in the game, Bailey, <laughs> doing the magazine or the journey, 
is that I needed to be around women or that would pour into me because everyone was telling me, no, you can't do that. Um, they were saying, you need to seek God. That's not really what God's calling is in your life. And, you know, he doesn't want you traveling. He doesn't want you doing that. That's just not purposeful. And so um, I had to learn, I had to get around women that, you know, that wanted me to, to be successful or to just have a different mindset. Yeah. What about those people? Maybe they are um, family members or close friends who don't do that, who are um, more like a no sister. How can we navigate that? No, oh, well, that was hard too because my mom, different ones, was, you know, she was like, girl, you need to go to work. You need to go to work. <laughs> they could see that I'm talking, I'm trying to launch this, this magazine. It was taking all my time. I was up all night long and they didn't see the vision. A lot of times people, you know, a lot of the no sisters and family members would say, oh no, I don't think that's, that's not right. Because they have this, um, often uh, people have this timeline when they feel or how they they feel like how you should succeed or where you should be in your your goals and dreams and when things didn't materialize the way that they thought they should and that's one thing i learned you just don't tell your family nothing don't tell nobody nothing <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes of your business your blog podcast just don't tell them nothing <laughs> because they couldn't they couldn't see it but it wasn't for them and so that's when you have to know within yourself is that this is what I'm this is what I have been created and I'm designed to do and you kind of have to stick with it because you know you keep hearing no's and that just because something will you know the the floor would cave in that doesn't mean that it's not a success you know and you have to learn you know on the journey and that's what a lot of my yes sisters they said, oh, failure is a part of it. And I was like, really? <laughs> they said, yeah, that's all a part of what you do. And, and that's okay. And I was like, okay. So I realized that um, they helped me with that. Yeah, I think that is so important to tell people um, is that failure is part of it. Failure is how we learn. Um, so I think if we kind of told people that a little bit more, people wouldn't be so afraid to try things because they wouldn't be so afraid of failing. Exactly, I agree. Yeah, so um, people who are, when we are surrounded by people who are um, maybe a little more negative or like the no sister type, um, it, it's pretty easy to get resentful towards them of like, why can't you just see this? Why? Um, do you think I can't do anything? Why don't you have any faith? How can we forgive those people so that we can continue to move on and do what we know God has called us to? You know, the thing of it is, Bailey, it does hurt. I mean, I guess we would be um, kidding ourselves, or, you know, just that those, when people are negative in our lives, that it doesn't hurt, but it does. Um, but what's very important is that you um, you do have to forgive them so that you can move on. 
um, I think of a, uh, one one situation in particular. I remember when I was you know, having a, a part in my life when I was struggling, and I brought on a sister to, um, she was a minister actually, and I brought her on to help me to, you know, kind of figure out my finances and things like that. She's like, oh, I'll help you and I'll do all this for you. And she, um, once she found out, you know, where I was financially, she just, she made me feel horrible. I mean, she just like made me feel really shameful oh you shouldn't be in this position and how dare you i mean she even sent me a cease and desist letter and i was like at that point i didn't even know what a cease and desist letter <laughs> right and i was like and that made me feel horrible because i was at a low point i was trying to figure out how to get my life back together my money together and for her to do that to me it just it just crushed me but i had to I forgave her, you know, are we, are we, a, do we talk? No, but, you know, I had to just let, because what I had to realize is I'm like, you know, that's not who you are. You know, I had to know who I was. That wasn't, that's where I was, but that doesn't, that didn't determine that's not where I was going to be a year, two years, five years from now, because here's the thing, what I realized is that I was I was making plans. I was working to move forward to get to do better and to be better. And sometimes we have those you know thorns you know things that come along to try to knock us back and make us feel doubtful and things like that. But we just forgive those individuals and move on because a lot of times the truth of the matter is a lot of people are in the same space where you are just spiritually, emotionally, mentally, wherever. So you know. Hmm. You have um, mentioned a couple of times, I think just kind of in passing, um, some hard things in your past. Um, would you like to share any of that with us? Is that part of the book? Oh, yes, it is. I, I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I talked about the, um, the sexual abuse that I encountered. I had, um, I went through that and that was kind of like, you know, I had to kind of learn how to deal with that because I didn't know that that would affect everything that I did in my adult life and all that. Cause mm -hmm. As a business owner, I um, had to learn that I had to work through mindsets and certain you know, my yes sisters helped me that, you know, I had a way of living that I was just used to living once uh, I had asked one of my sisters and I talk about her in the earlier chapters of the book is my guest sister, Cheryl Pullins. And I had this great, amazing dream, but I didn't have no resources. I was like, okay, well, how am I gonna make this come to pass? And I have no money. And I had to, and I couldn't understand vaguely why I was like, well, why am I struggling? Why, what is going on? And so I was like, when I was growing up, you know, I came from a two parent home and I do not recall my parents ever saying anything about finances or anything. I just know we always were taken care of. We, I think we, you know, considered us middle class, both my parents had worked for um, the factories. So we were good. I mean, I, I often say I had the socks with the pom-pom on the back. I had some green rollers. <laughs> I thought I was doing pretty good. And it wasn't until um, 
me having a conversation with one of my girlfriends, I couldn't understand when I was married why we struggled. So I just couldn't understand it. And after, you know, I went through a um, divorce and everything, and I couldn't understand. I was like, well, what, what is wrong? Because I would just accept anything. I would accept low amounts of just ads, and I just accepted people. Just, I was just giving things away. And my girlfriend told me, or my, one of my yes sisters said, you got to get to the root of it. You got to figure out what, where, that, where that came from. And so it came from when I when I um, got married, and is that lifestyle that I live is that um, you know my um, um, ex husband would talk about you're just ungrateful, you know I gave you ten dollars and on Monday you're supposed to let it stretch to Friday and you're not grateful, you know <laughs> things like that. So I became mm -hmm. acceptance of that, and so this mindset took on that I you know this. You know, this this be grateful for what you have, and at least he's giving you something, and that sort of thing. So I had to learn to work through that. So that, that was one of the biggest challenges that I had, is because not only was it just material things, but it was just I would accept anything. I would accept a, a contributor just to, needing to meet a deadline, and they would just vanish. And so I had to learn you know, that you just can't accept anything. You have to really set boundaries. And so that was one of the big challenges that I had to go through and to work through is like, okay, if I want to create this amazing publication, I got to get paid to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, um, what do you say, or do you still hear um, people thinking that you should give your work away for free. I, I actually had someone um, on Twitter today tell me that all of my work should be free because I am a Christian creator and it's not fair to monetize that. I, um, I, I disagree. And I, I mean, I disagree. I, I definitely think you should monetize that because that's a big lesson I learned is because that's something I started off that I was giving things away free. And that was the same way with ad revenue. I was giving, I create, and I came out of my pocket for all those years. It was, it was like this last a couple years is when it finally came to a head is that, okay, you can no longer keep doing that because everything just went completely halt. So I believe as believers, as Christians, we should be compensate, compensated fairly because in my, in my case, that in, like in your case, if you're not able to get the resources, then you're not able to put back into your brand and into what you're trying to do to build up your, 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 your kingdom, you know? And so that was, that was one of the things that, you know, one of those things I was ashamed of and that I didn't want nobody to know, but they know now, is that, you know, I didn't have the resources because I had taken on this mindset, this, oh, I just want to help. I just want to build a kingdom. I was afraid to ask. And then I didn't want to well, be um, judged as, oh, well, she's over there charging too much. But then what happened is that I have great writers and great contributors that I couldn't compensate because I didn't have anything. So... 
Yeah. Yep. So I think it's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I am with you. Um, all right. We are wrapping up here a bit, but I have a couple of questions I would love to touch on. Um, so often we learn um, as Christians from the Bible. Are there any um, people in the Bible who you consider yes sisters? Oh, I think the best example, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is um, the relationship that Naomi and Ruth had and how um, when the opportunity presented herself to leave and she was like nope I'm not going anywhere I'm sticking with you and I believe that that's probably one of the most amazing stories I mean I can I can read that all the time <laughs> um, about their relationship yeah right yeah no that's definitely one of those uh stories that really teach us and illustrate for us uh, good godly relationships and loyalty, for mm -hmm. sure. And you said the key word, godly and loyalty. <laughs> yes, oh, exactly. All right, um, what is the first step that we can take towards becoming a yes sister for someone else? I think the first step is being authentic. Just being self and just being real, you know. Um, I think that's what that's very important is that you find and cultivate those relationships where you can just be real, just be yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Authenticity is one of my um, most important values. I think. That's um, great. Yeah, just in in everything, in all my relationships. I love people who aren't afraid to be themselves. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I love that. All right, well, Angelia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, this has been wonderful. I'm so excited to get my hands on Yes Sisters. Um, for all of our listeners, I'm gonna link it in the show notes so you can head over and grab that too. Um, Angelia, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you, the magazine, um, anything as we wrap up? Yeah, you can find um, Hope for Women. You can go to our website. It's hopeforwomenmag.com. I'm on social media. I probably should do better with my personal handles, but I do more, we do more with the Hope. Um, but if you can, you can find me on Instagram, Angelia L. White, as well as Twitter. I'm doing a lot better. Um, and then also for Hope for Women, you can find um, Hope Mag for in Twitter and then Hope Mag for Instagram. And then you can pre-order um, a copy of Yes Sisters now at Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, and Christian, um, Christian Books. That's where you can get it. And also on the Baker uh, Rebel uh, books, book site, website, rather. Awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I, I am so excited for you. Um, yeah, everything's going to be linked. We'll send everyone over to you for sure. Well, thank you so much, Bailey. I'm excited that you said yes. So you, you gave me my first yes for the year. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> say, 
Bailey gave me, Bailey Watts gave me my first interview for my book. I know. I told you that you were going to love that uh, conversation. You were going to love Angelia. Um, guys, make sure that you get over to get her book. Again, it is Yes, Sisters, Surrounding Yourself with Women Who Affirm, Encourage, and challenge you. This is such a good conversation. Um, and I really hope that you will connect with Angelia. Um, I'll link all of her handles below, um, that you'll get her book that you'll cheer her on as she cheers all of us on. Um, all right. Well, that is it for today. Um, have a great day. And until next time, this has been making room on the pew.